1: We got big bids and fab this week, a lot going on baseball. I got a special guest on the podcast this week, and we have a new record holder for the most points ever in a Game 7 in NBA history. All coming up next in the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I am Scott Jensted, usually joined by Jeff Erickson. Jeff is out of town this weekend. I uh, got a, a really special guest uh, with me here. Looking forward to that. Um, he is uh, a writer at Baseball HQ, an associate editor on the Baseball Forecaster, a way better golfer than me, a huge Virginia Tech fan. Sounds like Matthew McConaughey, inventor of the Bloomboards, uh, really good uh, fantasy player. Ryan Bloomfield. Ryan, how are you?
2: I'm great, Scott. Awesome intro. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to avoid the McConaughey voice, but it's just natural coming from. Uh, I'm not from Texas, but I'm from Virginia. That was, and that I,
1: was meant as a nine thousand percent compliment. I love the voice. It's great, but. Uh, why don't you uh, – I know most people probably listen to this, watch this, whatever it may be if you're watching live, listening later, know who you are. But why don't you just uh, – give, give me a quick 10 seconds where people can find you, what you do. Uh, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. you got a fab article every week that, that's really, really good too. Tell people that, where they can find your work and listen to you also. I know you have a podcast too.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, on Twitter, at Ryan BHQ. I've been with Baseball HQ, oh, gosh, over 10 years now, which wow. sounds crazy. But, yeah, do a Wednesday column there, a Sunday fab column, and then every thursday night friday morning do a podcast uh bubba in the bloom podcast with brian entrickin casey bubba uh better known in the community as so um yeah that's where you can find me
1: yeah i know bubba bubba's a big kings fan so he's probably not happy with me today after the uh, <laughs> the warriors eliminated the kings so uh you know i'll have to give him a, a little crap about that but I i'm posting about the kings online i avoided any responses i'm a more mature person than that but uh, it was fun to see so uh, but let's talk some baseball. Nobody wants to hear me talk about the Warriors, although I could probably do that for the whole hour. Um, baseball's crazy right now. We've got some teams that are really, really struggling. I didn't expect. I mean, you know, obviously, obviously I'm an A's fan. We expected those struggles. But um, what you take right now on the White Sox, this is a team that's an absolute disaster. They won today, seven runs in the in the ninth inning. Like a crazy win today. But 8-21 and to break a 10-game losing streak. They got... Luis uh, Luis Robert is not running out ground balls. Maybe hurt. Eloy had some soreness today. Liam Hendricks is coming back. They've had bad pitching. Uh, you think this team has any chance? I mean, they're nine games back. They're eight and twenty-one right now. What the heck is going on in Southside here?
2: I didn't realize it was quite that bad. I knew things. Yeah. I knew things were bad. I didn't know they were this bad. Like I, I really, I, I like to look at like run differential, and they. I mean, the White Sox are the non-A's division worst <laughs> in baseball. <laughs> Three, um,
1: three minutes that you're taking shots. He's going to go crazy. as a guest
2: on the pod, and I, I started taking <laughs> shots. Probably not the best. uh Yeah, listening to do, but no, I, 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 I'm not giving up yet. Like there, there is some good news on the horizon. You mentioned Hendricks, which is just like you know, just awesome news. On yeah. and off the talk field. about a guy
1: that every outing, everybody's gonna be rooting for the guy. It's gonna be awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I can't wait for him. That'll be electric when, yeah, when Hendricks sure. makes his uh, makes his major league debut. I know he made a rehab appearance this past week. But, I mean, even like – I mean, Tim Anderson's coming back. I think Lance Lynn should get better. Like, there's there's some signs there if you're a White Sox fan. I think the biggest thing, Scott, is depth. Yeah. Like, both – I mean, the depth of that lineup. If you look at the second the, – the bottom half of that lineup and the bottom half of that rotation, um, I don't know how great you can do when you're rolling out – Clevenger when you're rolling out Michael Kopech who I'm not really that high on are you uh, um, are I you I, no, I, I want to
1: ask you about Kopech real quick. I've got a couple, couple questions about him this week are, are you a drop on Kopech right now whether it's a 12 or 15 I mean you look at how he's been as a starter and like you look at how he sees a high strikeout numbers from 2021 that's mostly in relief like as a starter he hasn't really strike certain guys strike a lot of guys out and he walks a ton of guys too it's a it's a bad combo
2: it's i mean any combination where you're not missing that many bats you're not really throwing any strikes i mean that's one thing i definitely look at is just basically how many strikes you're throwing to 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 validate or invalidate that walk rate it's rough man 70 ra over 25 innings for copeck I, I mean i it, it won't be this bad i don't think i mean copeck hit back to back 350 eras the last yep. two seasons Never really bought into that. Um, I always thought his true talent before. I mean, obviously the prospect pedigree was was pretty legit. I think that's what's kind of bumping his perceived value is kind of that name value. But um, I don't know. I'm probably a drop in twelves and holding on for dear life in 15s. Yeah, my my
1: answer was kind of like, you know, what are you picking up? Like I'd rather we're talking about pickups today. I would have rather had Tanner BB or Logan Allen than him if that's the that's the move, but yeah, in a fifteen, I'm probably holding a week or two, but uh, in a twelve, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much dropping Kopech right now and not really worrying about it that much. Um, what about the other in the in this in the Central, on the other side, in the National League Central? You know, I was looking at standings today, kind of working through stuff. Uh, the Cardinals are last place in the NL Central. They're ten and nineteen. Run differential is not uh, anywhere near the White Sox uh, debacle minus sixty five. They're minus thirteen. I do look at that a lot too. But you know, nine under with minus thirteen is how they're probably losing a lot of close games. Maybe there's a couple big wins in there that I, I would need to look at, but. Uh, they're 10 games back in the pirates which is exactly what we predicted after the first month of the season right but um how do you feel about the cardinals right now 10 and 19 is a rough start you got to play really good ball the rest of the way to get back in this
2: they do like uh, i think i mean the thing is like the division i i uh, the pirates are a great story don't get me wrong i put yeah. something out this week about how they are like, from a fantasy standpoint they've got some they've got some gems yeah. on that team right now i, I just I, I don't know i think that fizzles out at some point you look at the rest of that division like okay i'll take it i'll take a shot at a jeff's at, at jeff's team with the Red, even though they had a great week like i don't think they're in it uh long term and so you're kind of looking like milwaukee who's had some rotation issues uh and that sort of thing and so like i don't know that the only thing with the cardinals like i think the lineup's fine i think the bullpen's okay that rotation man the rotation is 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 really bad um when you're throwing out jake woodford when you're yeah, throwing out rough. yeah he's rough like how long can jack flarity he's been who's been a little bit better lately but how long can he go um what does that look like in the second half i feel like they kind of i guess wayne adam wainwright's coming back i think he struck out nine in a triple a rehab assignment today but don't get too excited there um, I think that's where the Cardinals are hurting the most is rotation. I almost kind of think, I mean, fantasy wise, when are we going to see Matthew Liberator? Like, I, I think that move needs to happen pretty quickly given what the Cardinals have in the rotation.
1: Yeah. That was my follow-up question was you're like, how do you throw Woodford out there when you got Liberator dealing in, dealing in the minors right now? It's gotta be yeah. pretty soon here. I mean, he's 23. It's not like we're dealing with a 20 year old here. I mean, he's been really good so far in the minors, you know, two, one, four, a one, one whip. It's got to be soon. We talk about you know we talk we're going to talk about Fab we're going to talk about Tanner BB. You know Libertor feels like the next guy up for me with with big bids and there's there's a few coming too. There's four or five guys um, you know Tiedemann in Toronto, Gavin Williams maybe in Cleveland. Also, we got some young guys coming up. There's going to be uh, more than just Tanner BB and Logan Allen today, but they got to call up Libertor pretty soon. I, I'm I'm shocked it's taking this long. I think it's got to be it's got to be this week or
2: next. Wouldn't be surprised if if you and Jeff are talking uh, Libertor yeah. next week or in two weeks.
1: Libertor Palooza. It, it could be it could be next week. Uh, question in the chat for you, Ryan. I someone's got Lance Lynn, Chris Sale, and Lucas Giolito. Would you uh, add Logan Allen over any of those three?
2: Uh, I would add Logan Allen over Lynn and Giolito. I think sale turns things around he looked really good in his last appearance but yeah, he looked, um, sale looked really
1: good He still looked really good today he looked and that's like two out of three i think he's looked good that'd be tough for me i'd probably go allen over lynn but i wouldn't it's uh, not slam dunk for me i'd probably still keep yeah. Gilito, but uh yeah that's a, that's a tough one there. that's a pretty uh it's a pretty stacked rotation you got going on there's those are your those are your drops there uh last team question i want to ask you before we get to the full fancy stuff uh are you a Diamondbacks believer at all right now? They are uh, tied to the Dodgers right now. They're 16 and 13. Um, you know, only plus 5 run differential. That division has started out really slowly. The Padres are one game over, the Giants are bad, the Rockies are really bad. Uh do you think Arizona has any staying power in the in the NL West here?
2: A little bit. Like I I didn't I mean the thing is like Arizona this kind of this run started second half last year like they were actually i mean they were they were pretty legitimate especially the lineup um uh, they were scoring some runs and, and all that in the second half um biggest thing for me similar and maybe sound like a broken record with the cardinals we can kind of copy paste what i just said is the rotation like
1: and they again i got, they got, they got one guy
2: yeah they got one guy they should have two guys but they only have one right now i think brandon yep. fought uh yep. similar i'll make that liberator comp again that's I, I think Arizona should do that with uh with fought and i think we will see fought either this week or next week they need to make that move because the rest of that rotation man yeah. Merrill Kelly's yeah. like okay but like Tommy Henry Ryan Nelson's fine yeah. but again just the depth like another injury or two hits that rotation and it's kind of ugly and then like i don't know the bullpen for Arizona isn't isn't all that either yeah. like chafin has been been pretty solid especially fantasy wise early on but um not a lot there. So not really. And I mean, you mentioned Scott, like the, I mean, that division, like this isn't the LA of that we're used to. I don't think, especially depth wise from the last few seasons, but like you throw LA in San Diego. I think that's, uh, I think they will, I think they will, uh, prevail over Arizona.
1: I uh, I do too. And I think, you know, if you look back at past April's, you're going to see a lot of teams that started really hot and then had bad months. Everybody, you know, you get a lot of teams that have 18 and 10 months or something like that. We just don't notice it as much in July. Yep. If they are eight games back or 10 games back, we just notice it so much in April, but it's been a, uh, it's been very topsy turvy in the NL central and the West, which is a, a lot of fun. I, I kind of like when that's going on. So it's uh, it's good there, but let's jump into the fantasy stuff. Let's uh, let's preview week six a little bit before we um, jump into the, all the fab bidding, um, you do a really, uh, we mentioned your fab column. You do a nice job of kind of ranking all the offenses every week. I do use that as a, as a tool uh, every week. So it's, it's good to see, you know, if you're picking up, you're looking for some haters, you pick up, you, uh, you, you note, uh, you know, how good teams are against righties and lefties and kind of rate out uh, every team's, uh, every team's offensive, uh, I guess you call it a, call it a rating. You rank them one through, uh, one through 30 there. So it's, it's good to see, uh, what offense do you like this week? I'm going to let you talk on this. You obviously do the work on that, in your column, what, uh, what offense do you find yourself targeting this week is like, I'm going to get these guys in. Obviously, the, the Mets and the Braves have 8 games this week now now that they have the doubleheader tomorrow. Uh Boston, Toronto, Washington, the Cubs have 7. The D-backs and the Rangers only have 5. So it's a note there if you have any of those offenses, uh, make sure you pay attention to those. But uh what offense do you find yourself targeting uh, some streamers on offense this week?
2: Yeah, for that call I actually I mean I use I, I, I use the Power of HQ for that one. we do like a starting pitcher matchup tool that, that rates every single start. and I kind of just flip that in reverse and, and okay. get hitter rankings and and build that uh that way and I do that every week. And so like the tool this week, the eight games are huge. So the Mets and Braves play a doubleheader Monday. I don't, was that, um, was that scheduled as a wraparound series? Or are they just making up both? Cause I know they were rained out both days this week. And I think this is just a That's double a good, makeup game.
1: I, I think it's a double makeup game too.
2: Um, not totally sure, but that would be yeah. my, that would be my guess. So they, I mean, they, they again, the eight games is huge. And the Mets schedule specifically, like, yes, they get Strider against Atlanta on Monday, but then they go to Detroit and then they host Colorado. Oh, so that's God. a, uh, yeah, that's a pretty sweet combination. Um, the Cubs, Cubs go to Washington, the Cubs host Miami. That's also not bad. Tampa, St. Louis, also not bad. And of course, Atlanta uh with those eight games. So, um those were the those were the biggest ones. I think a couple like there are a couple tough schedules this week. We're just talking about the White Sox. <laughs> um I don't know how quickly that turns around this week. The White Sox host Minnesota, who is quietly like rotation-wise yeah. elite. I
1: think, this, I think you know. they're like third best ERA in all of baseball behind uh, behind a couple teams, obviously the Rays and maybe the Dodgers, but there's are they're, they're right up there.
2: With a lot more whiffs, a lot of their a lot yeah. of their stars are throwing harder this year. Like there's there's something going on there, but um something good going on there. Uh, but yeah, Chicago faces Joe Ryan, Louis Varlin, Pablo Lopez. Then they go to Cincinnati, which you would think is great, but it is Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. Uh Cleveland also gets a tougher matchup. So those are those are the ones that at least I don't know stuck out to me in terms of really easy or uh, difficult.
1: Since we were asking the question, uh, Alan Hoffman in the chat said it was actually a wraparound series. The uh, the Saturdays being made up in August, so they actually do have one of those games gonna be made up later in the season. So thanks to Alan Hoffman for that info, that's uh, that's really good there. Uh, before we move on to uh, to fully fab, a couple questions here. Um, let's see. Uh, do you think Reed Detbers is gonna come around?
2: I do. I do think Reed Detmers will come around. 27% strikeout rate. He's throwing strikes, he's missing bats. Actually looked really good in his most recent start until it kind of unraveled this weekend. But yeah, I think Detmers is fine. The problem with Detmers was like, I mean, I thought the preseason price was <laughs> was pretty and wild. It,
1: and then it went up like two rounds after that. It was just it, went, it just kept yes, going up. Yeah.
2: It never reversed. So like yeah. we paid a premium as a as a whole, we paid a premium for Reed Detmers. I don't know if he returns that value, but I, he, Reed Detmers is is better than the Reed Detmers that we've seen so far this year, in my opinion.
1: I think so too. I really like the 13 and a percent swing strike rate is missing bats. And then you look at his left on base percentage. It's under 60%, right? there. That, like, that's going to flip a little bit. He's got a little bit unlucky. The bat ups a little bit high. So you got some luck in there. Um, he's going to miss bats. You know, we need strikeouts in, in, in fantasy. And I think that uh, I think Detmers will, it will come around pretty nicely, but uh, we got a lot of, a lot of fab to talk about. So let's just jump in there. Uh, I'm going to start with starting pitchers. Cause that was the, uh, the, the big bids in almost all my leagues were the two starters in Cleveland, uh, Tanner BB and Logan Allen, uh, let's start with Tanner BB because I know you got Tanner BB and somehow um you are you got the horseshoe going on this year you uh, you were the you were the lowest you were the person that won Mason Miller last week at the lowest winning bid I think I said that right and you did it again this yeah. week with Tanner BB what was your bid and uh, what, what are you thinking on BB uh, kind of going forward here how do you feel about him in the rotation is he gonna stick uh, how do you feel about him performance wise uh, what do you like with BB
2: so that's I mean, that's th- th- these are the factors that like, seemingly every week we have to think about is not just how good is the because pro- there is like a starting pitching prospect every single week and we were just talking about Libertor and fought like this trend will continue possibly Gavin Stone as well like next week things you got to consider is like yes the pos- the prospect pedigree but team context is just so important and this is like i mean you you guys talked about this last week with Mason Miller it's just like not only you know the win potential but what is that team going to do with that player long term um what does that workload look like and that sort of thing so i mean i i i looked at i looked at Bybee and i said like I don't know that the, the prospect reports, I, I listened to James Anderson. I listened to Chris blessing over at, at HQ, pretty glowing reports. I watched the first start eight K's uh, fastball was okay. The secondaries were just elite. So yeah. um, I look at the workload, like he threw 130 innings last year. So this is that's, not a, uh...
1: that's, that's huge. That's huge right there. Like if you look at that's yeah. the Mason Miller thing. He showed like 16 yep. innings last year. And it's Bybee. Did I butcher that? I believe it's Bybee. All I believe right. it's Bybee. See, that's what you're here for, to make uh, make sure that I know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the minor league stuff. It, just, it was so good last year. And I know it was only A and, and double A, but it was dominant. The K rate was huge. The walk rate was down. And with me, it's always, process, always the walk rate for me. I love guys that, you know, come into the minors, not walking guys. We see so many guys that strike guys out but also walk guys. You guys that don't do that, it's just such it's a huge edge. I mean, his whip was under one in the minors last year. Um, I was like you. I saw the, I just saw the fastball. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And then I, he threw a couple of sliders. I'm like, yeah, this guy's pretty darn good. Um, and there's spots here. I know that. Uh, I know Tristan McKenzie's coming back. I know Aaron Savale is coming back. But Zach Playsock's bad uh peyton battlefield threw in like the six or seven inning today so i think it's fair to say that he's out of the rotation there are spots here for both these guys both uh both bybee and and logan allen to to get in there did you have a preference between the two i know it sounds like bybee because you had you had the higher bid there what uh, how'd you kind of differentiate between the two as you were doing your bids
2: mostly just uh, since like the team context is the same even logan allen i think also threw like 130 innings last year so that was basically the same is basically just the scouting reports of guys that I that I, that I read that was the yeah. that was the big difference um you're right like there are there are some mouths to feed in Cleveland but you're also right like I, I can't see them throwing Zach Biesek out there for that even like Cal Quantrill like yeah. so I, I I'm pretty confident that both of those guys Allen and Bybee will be in the rotation long term um you can't obviously say that with any kind of certainty we don't we don't know what cleveland will do but i think it's a pretty reasonable guess and i think we saw that in the bids uh this weekend like baby I, I, how much did he go for in your mains because i know my two my my 202 was uh was rather fortunate so that was you looked it up
1: that was actually the lowest bid
2: that was the lowest That's, that was the lowest bid and actually the backup was like 139. So when I first pulled it up, I was like, Oh man, did I overpay? And then I looked at uh, (laughs) at the other leagues and I was like, okay. I
1: I think I sent you a direct message like right after I saw my bids and I gave you the prices on mine. I was like, Holy crap. That's crazy. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Is your league not very active or just not really bidding a ton? Is it like, are you
2: not sure? Um, active in terms of like the number of bids, I should probably look and see like how many, I mean, yeah, there are, yeah, there's a, i have to scroll down to see all the good
1: sign right there so it's active just people aren't super aggressive on the on the top end guys which is interesting that's yeah uh,
2: and, and last week it was it was mason miller and it, that, honestly i like i wasn't even that high on mason I mean, that's a funny funny thing about fab is like you just don't know but yeah um i just threw i think it was like 80 82 bucks and, and got him and i don't know it always it always that's the funny thing about fab man it always feels good like the night you get it oh yeah yeah who knows how this act like am i the sucker in the room of this league because i'm looking around and i'm you know winning these low bids but um it does feel good at least for now
1: before back to the guardians guys i really liked how mason miller settled in last week Uh, he he got really got unlucky in the first inning against the angels i love the masters cup by the way that's beautiful um i uh (laughs) i know you went to the masters this year i I have many cups in my my kitchen also um he gave the he had the rough inning first inning to the Angels. Um, he had the he, had, he got, kind of got squeezed a couple times. He had Rendon struck out on a pitch like you look at the on the little chart and stack. It wasn't even like touching any of the edges. So it was just like it was literally like dead middle, uh, not dead middle, but like enough in there that it was clearly a strike. And then he had the the line drive by Brendan Drew that uh, you know Esty Rui is uh, butchered pretty badly. Yeah. I have heard that I have heard that Esty is the preferred nickname, so I'm going with that. I can't say his full name very well. Uh, But I liked how he settled in, though. He had a rough first. A lot of guys would have kind of melted down. He threw three really good innings after that. Uh, It showed me a lot right there. I think that, uh, you know, until he, I think that'll work until they shut him down, which you have to be at some point. But uh, what uh, we talked about, Bobby, a bunch. Logan Allen is, is no slouch either. Like you look at his minor league stuff, really good. As long as you don't pick up the wrong Logan Allen, there's one that used to be on Cleveland and now is on Colorado. Don't do that. I, I hope nobody did that today, but uh, he looked really good today, too. I mean, he went into Fenway. Um, I know he gave up a couple runs in the fifth, I believe, but struck out the side in the fourth, had eight strikeouts. Uh, I thought today was a really impressive start that probably boosted his price 60 70 bucks in every league across the board.
2: I was super impressed with what happened today, just because not only, yeah, you can look at, like, the 8Ks, the two walks, that sort of thing, how Cleveland – managed allen today was super impressive to me so he cruised like you said uh scotty he struck out the side in the fourth like he cruised through four innings got to that fifth and and struggled cleveland left him in there i mean cleveland let you know figure this out he gave up the two runs i think it was like the 105th pitch something like that um that where he struck out rafael devers to get out of the fifth and that just tells me like you know Cleveland trusted him to get out of that. They did not pull him early, and heck, they let him pitch over 100 innings into or 100 pitches. Like in today's yeah. game, like I mean, you almost you have to think on a per star basis with Logan Allen. Like there is no restriction there. Um, so I was really impressed at how Allen kind of fought back. Similar, to what you were talking about with Mason Miller and his last star. I was impressed today with Allen on how that that fifth inning, even though he gave up two runs there, how he kind of got through it and struck out. Struck out Devers after yep. he was at a hundred pitches. Like that That was impressive to me. So um it'll be interesting to see what you know how it how it pans out between Allen and Bybee. Allen certainly, uh certainly no slouch himself.
1: Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping maybe he would give up a few more runs because I actually wanted to get him a little cheaper and, and let everybody else spend on Bybee. I knew once uh once he had that start against the Red Sox, that was not happening anymore. He went uh I think he went for over 200 in all three of my main events. If I'm remembering right, I might at least two out of three. So he was he was not quite the body Price, but he was uh, he was really really up there. Yeah, I'm looking; it was he was over 200 in all three of mine. So he was. Uh... I think the key with this is that people need pitching right now. Too, we have had so many blowups and ratios are brutal. You look at teams there. You know that's why you see a team that's like under three ERA, but there's so many teams in the mid fours and the high fours. Uh, people are desperate for ratios right now. There's a ton of pitching injuries. We will talk about a bunch of those when we talk about news and notes later, but. Uh, People need pitchers right now and anybody with any kind of upside right now is going to be really popular for a while while people still have money.
2: And there also hasn't been like, at least it seems like there hasn't been many big fish on the hitter side or close. Like there hasn't, there definitely yeah. hasn't been that like no doubt closer nope. that, uh, you know, are is going for triple digit bids. There hasn't been like that, you know, that no doubt hitting prospect that's come up. And it's, so like starting pitching prospects has kind of been where it's at for fab this year I, I don't know if that's a trend or like we used to have to wait you know it used to be i mean as you know like super two wait until like late right. may early june and all these guys come up i mean that was the original fab of palooza back in 2019 and, yep. and that sort of thing now it's a little bit different where we have to i don't know kind of figure out like what are teams going to do with these players like is it going to be a taj bradley thing or are they going to stay up for good it's um it's a little bit of a different i don't know maybe this year's an outlier so far, but it just feels like a little bit of a different uh, guessing game with the starting pitcher prospects.
1: What, uh, what do you think you mentioned Gavin stone earlier? He sounds like there's a lot of rumors. He's gonna get called up by the Dodgers to pitch on Wednesday. So I'm going to push everybody back, but Dave Roberts quotes were a little bit nebulous. Like I couldn't really tell if he's like, uh, yeah, if he pitches well, he's staying in. He's like, oh, we're pushing back. They're going to all get an extra day. So like, I couldn't tell this is a, a one up and one down. He was uh he was ninety three percent rostered in the main event. There was a lot of online championship. He wasn't available at all because if you weren't drafted and dropped. He hasn't gotten called up yet. But how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about Stone in terms of this uh, you know this prospect uh, grouping here right now? Because he's another big arm in LA here.
2: Yeah, it's all going to depend on yeah what that long term or even like midterm outlook is. Is it is it like you said Scott? Is it is it a is it a one start and back down or not or whatever? Um, from a pure like talent standpoint, Gavin Stone man, he is he is fantastic. I know he started off. Pretty rough in AAA this year after a great spring training where honestly he almost he almost made the team yep. <laughs> out of the spring. Um I I don't know. I'd have to think LA. I think LA knows, like I was saying earlier, like this isn't the your typical LA team. I think they will be battling San Diego, maybe Arizona in the second half. Like Gavin Stone over over Cindergaard like makes a ton of sense to me that uh, in that rotation. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I do think if Gavin Stone impresses on Wednesday, if if that is when he starts and gets called up, um, and there's some kind of sign that uh, that he will be in the rotation at least for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to be you're going to be talking about this again this time next week. Uh, Two hundred plus dollar bids on him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about you talk about Syndergaard, and like, everyone's so like, "Oh, well, maybe he goes to LA, and you know, suddenly looks like the old Syndergaard." Um, strikeout rates under nineteen percent, ERA six and a half. It's uh, it's at least not working so far, and I don't see a lot that makes me think it's going to work. The swinging strike rate's up a little bit, but yeah, you've Gavin Stone's good. He's better than better than Thor right now. Kershaw's gonna go on the aisle at some point. There's gonna be opportunities here. Um, I think that I think the bidding will be heavy on Most will be on online championships next week, just because of the availability in the main event. But uh, it's uh, he's gonna be a fun one to watch. That'll be a fun start on Wednesday. Uh, the guy who I was looking at, you know, kind of as uh, as as uh, I saw the two big bids on Allen and Bybee, uh, Louis Varland in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota has got some issues right now. Kenton Maeda and Tyler Malley went on the, uh, went on the IL uh, Molly with Malley, Malley, Malley is a uh, long-term too. There you can say he's going to be shut down for four weeks. And the first report was like, maybe he'll be back in four weeks. And then I saw the next one was shut down for four weeks. So that's, that's two months of the pitcher. Like if he doesn't—he's not picking up a ball for four weeks. He's not pitching another four weeks after that. So we're, we're talking about a, a pretty long-term uh, move here, both for Bailey Ober, who was owned, owned in most main events, only twenty-two percent owned in the twelve. So talking me about Ober and Varland, um, I think most people prefer Ober, but uh, I think Louis Varland's kind of a sneaky guy, and it wasn't very sneaky because he actually—he uh, actually ended up getting a lot of bids. I think the, the Tyler Malley news this afternoon uh, bumped up his bids a bunch.
2: Yeah, Varland like. <laughs> It's funny how um, in tune everybody is right now. Like, because uh, the Mali idea. news came out today.
1: That's changed too. Like yes. six, eight, six, eight years ago, like players were good, but I feel like everybody's a lot better than they used to be. Like I used to, used to be able to sneak some names through. There's no sneaking anybody through in the main
2: event anymore. Yeah. Like once I saw Mali, saw the Mali news, I was like, ah, I just thought to myself, I wonder if Scott will put him in the outline. And I'll, <laughs> we'll make sure we talk about him. And then all of yeah. a sudden, I, I don't know what he went for in all the mains, but like I, I didn't, I, I went 45 for Varland in mine. And that's the range I was um, in. I yeah, did not get him. I think he was more like in the 60s. So um you're right, man. It is wild how much uh you need to be on the ball because even like this time yesterday, uh Louis Varlin was not um not on fab radars. The thing with Varlin, like, and I think I I'd prefer Ober over the two, just straight up. But like you said, Ober was already rostered in, yeah. in most 15 teamers. But like he's kind varlan's kind of like one of those I don't know, pop-up prospects the right word, but had like a really big breakout season last year. 175 K's in 126 innings. Like that is that is fantastic. Only like 45 walks to go with that, a low three Z ERA across double AA, A, triple A. But the biggest thing was a a pretty significant uptick in velocity. And so like fastball just plays a lot better when you're throwing 95, 96 over 93, 94, which um is about where Varland's been at. I think he was like 96 in his first start uh in the majors this year which was eight strikeouts at the yankees back when you know the pre-judge injury yankees when they were that lineup is rough uh, that lineup
1: is rough right now
2: yeah when uh yeah it is it's very bad right now um but yeah varland i i think i think varland is a is a sneaky sneaky i well i say sneaky went for 60 bucks but um i think i think I think he'll be quite successful. I I almost wonder more like when Maeda comes back, if Maeda, you know, whenever that happens, it's going to be Ober versus Varlin. I think Minnesota prefers Ober right now, but we'll see. Who knows.
1: Yeah, I would think so too. I mean, obviously it's pitching. Who knows who the heck gets hurt next, but uh, I, I do too. I was hoping to, uh, I was actually hoping that uh, the Bybee and Allen, you know, kind of a uh, gravity uh, would, would move uh, people away from Varlin, but I think everybody needed pitching. Uh, I was hoping to get him in the 40 to 50 range. I thought that was a pretty aggressive bid. He went for 60 in one of mine, over 80 in my two others. So I was, uh, you know, I was in the range, but not really, uh, not really that there. Uh, Varlin's a legend in my house here. He threw a shutout on the last day last year. Helped me out a little bit, homie, helped me lock in, lock in a league. So, uh, that's right. When, when you, when you get to that last right. week of the season, any, uh, any names that pitch well, uh, him and Ken Waldachuk, the last day of the season were the two guys that uh, that really helped me out, uh, making up for, uh, Chase Anderson, uh, completely imploding the second to last week of the year. um, those were kind of the big names on the starter market. Um, in the 12s, uh, say Kikuchi was available in some of those. Uh, he's pitching really well. Uh, someone asked in the chat earlier. I think I missed it. But, uh, you know, of uh, Logan Allen, Bailey Ober, and Yusei Kikuchi in like a 12-team online championship, uh, give a strong preference on how you'd rank those three.
2: I think I'd go that order. I think I'd go Allen, Ober, Kikuchi pretty,
1: I pretty, I, pretty I,
2: definitively. I, I'm, I'm not like totally <laughs> – I, I think the Kikuchi <laughs> – think that i think we'll get burned by that at some point maybe i'm wrong
1: but we've always been burned before he is pitching well but he's cut the walks in half which is like the the big yes. thing with him because the stuff's always there he misses some bats I mean, He was a 27 strikeout rate guy last year but just walk so many guys it was a problem but uh yeah, he's got uh he still gets up a lot of home runs. His uh, his left on base percentage right now is 97%. So uh that's going to not that's going to go down to like 80% uh, somewhere down there. Career is 72%. So that's going to flip pretty quick. Um I think I agree with you. I think I go Allen over pretty close. Then I, I do like Kikuchi I'd pick him up in a 12, um but I think he'd be the he'd be the third guy in the group for me too. Uh, what about, uh, what about two-stepper, uh, of the week this week? People are talking about his strikeout rate. Luke Weaver, um, in Cincinnati. He's got two starts a week at San Diego. San Diego coming off, uh, going from a uh, high elevation to uh, back to normal sea level in San Diego. Crazy games in Mexico, by the way. We, we, uh, by the way,
2: do you know, um, do you know what the over-under was on that game today?
1: It was 20 it, and a half, right? Yes.
2: That is absolutely bonkers to me.
1: And what was but... the final score was like six, six eight, six or six, four or something yeah, like that? What it was it? They
2: only scored like 13 runs after yeah. 11 home runs on Saturday. But, uh, oh yeah. When I saw that line, I was 20 and a half. I was...
1: Yeah. It was funny. Uh, Derek Cardi had the, had the, I don't know if you saw the thread yep, on Friday. Yep, and he was like, it was you know, the, the, the line might come out to or 13. Then DraftKings moved it up to like 15. He's like, my, I had my line. This is 17 and a half. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And then it went so far over that it was uh it was nuts that was a pretty that was a really good call by derek there uh, but what do you feel about luke weaver this is someone that uh, you know in arizona or in st louis it was a guy that we we kind of liked and he was like eh, maybe he's a, he's he's coming he's gonna be good and then in arizona he had that really good year but he only threw like i think it was like 10 or 12 starts and it has been really bad since then uh, you know a couple of years with the era over six and a half but always limited um you know he's uh, obviously 2020 didn't throw my knees because it was covid but there was a couple you know hurt in 2021 hurt in 2022 strikeout rate is what's uh, what people are seeing through the first two starts week over 30 percent eight strikeouts in each start although you have six runs of texas so you know the full luke weaver experience there uh were you in on this uh, two start week at all uh
2: i was not uh just because i mean like you said we've all been burnt by you say (laughs) kikuchi same same goes for same goes for luke weaver um i don't know The, the the park the park scares me track record scares me like i think he's got a 40 uh ball rate which which league average for that that's what i use to to kind of look at walk rate league average for that is around like 35 36 so he's really not throwing strikes velocity's down a tick and a half from last year like i don't know he's missing bats with the fastball but i don't i don't know giving up a lot of fly balls in that park like uh i I just feel like it's a two-step that could uh that could doubly hurt you this week
1: Fly balls in that park with a 23% bail rate so far. sounds like a really good combo of Not,
2: Not a great combo.
1: I, uh, I ended up with him in one league. It was like my fifth conditional. I don't think I'm throwing him this week though. I think I'm going to watch a week, see if the strikeouts stay. And if, uh, if so, maybe, maybe we got something here. If not, uh, I'd probably just push him back. But yeah, I was like fifth conditional after fifth or sixth after a bunch of guys, but um, those guys, it never works out when you get someone by accident like that. But uh, any other starters that you were looking at? I want to get into uh, relievers and hitters here, but any starting pitchers that you're like, oh, I'm going to try this guy this week, or is this kind of? Do we kind of hit everybody that was on your list?
2: For me, it was mostly Bobby Allen, Varland, yeah. um, at least in 15s. I, I, I am actually not in any 12s this this year, so I am. Uh, I'm actually I am me. actually
1: not either. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a tough fab move. Like I just, uh, I'm trying to like make my Sundays a little more efficient and streamline. And it was really hard for me to go from the 15 to 12. I'll probably play at some point next year, but I just kind of ran out of time and, you know, you got draft season and I just, uh, I, I didn't add any other teams. So, uh, I'm not playing any 12s either. I'm sure I'll get it at some point, but, uh, I stuck with 15s also.
2: Yeah. For uh, me, it's tough to just like recalibrate It is 15s and 12s. And I know like probably more people, I'm pretty sure more people play 12s and 15s so from like a content standpoint, it probably yeah. should, but, um yeah it, it does streamline is the right word like it's just easier with if you're all the same league size
1: so i want to talk about uh, some relievers and some hitters and fab first to note from our sponsors at rival fantasy a new mlb season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball rival fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly leagues are played and they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, head-to-head player challenges, and fantasy book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your free entry, first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to $50. Bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up deposit a minimum of $25, get your first entry on rival protected up to $50. Now it's time to step to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: So Ryan, you mentioned earlier, it was a really good point. We kind of just talking pitchers and, and fab in general. Uh, there's not been that big like reliever um, guy or, you know, even multiple guys are like, oh, you know, here comes the, the triple digit bids. There's just not been a lot of, um, you know, there's, been, there's so many teams that are by committee. So you just don't get that one guy next up. And then the top guys, you know, that we have any really injuries or, you know, so the, the level of performance where guys get demoted or anything like that. So we have not a lot here. Was there anybody in relievers you're looking at this week? I know, you know, Bruce Dahl, Gratterall is available to the 12s. He got a save for the Dodgers, but Evan Phillips got to save today. day. Uh, yours Familia is about, uh, you know, half the leagues in the main event have him. Uh, he looked awful yesterday, you know, walk a couple times. They got unlucky. There was a ball that he lost on that hit a, hit the bag, but he's rough. Uh, Will Smith is available in a couple mains. He's available in one of mine's. You know, he looks like the guy in Texas at the moment. Um, the Baltimore guys behind Felix Bautista are popular, you know, Yanier, Cano and Brian Baker both pitch really well. Uh, Cano has a, has a zero whip so far this year, which is <laughs> looks is pretty darn good through, uh, on April 30th. He had, I think uh, he's 29 guys. He has 28 outs and one hit by pitch. which obviously doesn't count against the whip, which is nice, but what are you doing with relievers right now? If you need uh, relievers or anybody you're speculating on, where are you kind of at uh, in the reliever market at the moment, uh, you know, for this week?
2: It's tough because if you really do need saves, like you're either trying to stash guys like, uh, like, like Cano in, in Baltimore, or you're just trying to grind and say like, okay, you know, the Braves have eight games this week and three on uh, three on Monday and Tuesday. So maybe like Nick Anderson gets a vote. Like you're, you're going that hard to try and just get one save. Like I, it's, it's, it's rough out there. Um, I was not in really on any relievers this week like you said, Will Smith. I think Will Smith is a is a really good ad. I didn't realize um, Jose Leclerc has a has a point nine ERA and a 18% walk rate. Like that's oh almost impossible.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is hard to do.
2: Um, so I don't see that last You don't, you don't at see all. many.
1: You don't see many whips higher than ERA.
2: No, no, you don't. You also don't <laughs> see many 18% walk rates. Yeah, last he's... for very long. So. I don't he's know.
1: Got, uh, he has seven walks and uh, nine strikeouts, which is just not great. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I added Giovanni Gallegos in uh, one of my main events. I, I'm i in a spot where I only have one closer in that league. I, I drafted Serrante Dominguez, and obviously he's kind of you know pitching better the last couple of weeks but not getting ninth inning work. Um, Gallegos has been unbelievably good. I know he gave up a run today, but coming in today, 39% uh, strikeout rate, 3.5% walk rate, and a 25% swing strike rate. Like, He's been really nasty so far. I know he wasn't great today. He gave up a hit and a run and, and did walk a guy. But um, Ryan Helsley has not been – he's not been bad but not been, you know, fantastic. And they they do tend to maybe mix jobs a little bit. Uh, I like Agos as a guy that, you know, if I don't like my ninth pitcher that week, I can throw him in there, get some good ratios, maybe steal a win or a save. It, it's really – it's tough and it's only – you know you don't want to do it too many weeks. But uh, pitching a lot better than Helsley right now. Helsley's whip is 1.6 so far.
2: Yeah, and the thing with Gallegos, like, <laughs> it's just about the role. Like, he, he yeah. could easily be a top ten closer if for sure. you know, something did happen to Helsley or or he got the role. And Gallegos has been consistently that good for a while. Um, I will say Yenier, I think it's Yenier Cano in Baltimore. Like what you were saying, it has basically pitched the equivalent of a perfect game. <laughs> yeah. so far, yeah. so far this season. Yes, he's extremely locked by Felix Bautista. The funny thing is, like this could be deja vu all over again. I could have said the exact same thing about Felix Bautista this time last year, who was yep. completely blocked by uh, Jorge Lopez, Baltimore traded Lopez and Bautista became, you know, one of the best, you know, one of the top closers drafted this draft season. Why, you know, I'm not saying Baltimore's going to do that again. Like basically do the same thing, trade Bautista and they have Cano and there you go. Um, but it's on the table. I think yeah. I think it's definitely on the table. And Cano looks—I mean, he had a four-out save today. Like I do think if Bautista's gone, um, if if that were to happen, Cano could step right in and be really good. So I actually did have a couple, like super late, three to four-dollar bids on Cano. Didn't didn't go down that far because, of course, I got Bybee for relatively cheap. But yep. uh, that that was one name, at least in fifteen teamers, I was interested in. It's not going to be like a you know a short-term saves ad but it's someone at least i don't know in a few weeks time if if baltimore did something with bautista he'd be he'd stepping and be great
1: and same kind of thing if you know you got some injuries and you're like oh, i don't want to start you know this week for somebody was jack flair to get at, at the dodgers i'm like you know what i I'd, I'd rather throw a cano or a guy goes in there for those coming kind of if it's an extreme like i don't want this matchup but i have so many injuries i can't add another starter there's another starter to add you know you don't want to you don't want to blow up your ratios there the back end of that Baltimore bullpen, I tell you what, Bautista's obviously great. Cano's great. Brian Baker has a 1880 yeah. area and a 0.77 whip, a 35% strike area. He does walk a few too many guys, but the back end of that pen, man, you you get you down you get down on them to the seventh inning. You better uh you got your work cut out for you.
2: Yes, you do. Yes, you do. One other name I wrote up in the fab piece this weekend was uh, in Washington Mason Thompson again it's more of a stash who knows how many games nationals are going to win and that sort of thing but um if finnegan were to were to falter i think mason thompson i believe he pitched today and might have given up a run i could be wrong on that but um has been pretty electric so far this season so um that was just one he's starting to creep up i use uh i use fan tracks rosters and what what i do for the fab collins i just compare Ownership on Monday and then run it again Friday who's been rising throughout that right. week and Mason Thompson is one of the one of the bigger guys and and again like you were saying it's it's I'd much rather throw someone like him yep. over a fifth starter uh, who could get blown up.
1: Yeah, Finnegan was actually the one that gave up the run today, not Mason Thompson. So that's uh, another okay, uh, another little go.
2: tick in his direction. But you look at Mason Thompson. I looked at
1: him too. I actually got him from your column, so I stole that. So I appreciate that. Seventeen strikeouts and one walk so far. That is a nasty, nasty ratio right there. He's pitched nineteen. So I think he, lead, he may lead the major the major league relievers in innings so far this year. Uh, but been really good. Swinging yep. is twelve point eight percent. Like this guy's pitched really well. And like you said, you got someone in front of him that, you know, is fine, but not somebody you're like you're worried about, uh, you know, blocking my guy forever. If uh, Thompson could use to pitch well, like uh, it wouldn't take that much for them to be like, let's try this out. Um, fitting in the seven on the year right now. It's 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 been rough. I know he had that one really bad outing where you have a ton of runs and that affects a reliever for a long time. But, you know, uh, you know, his uh, his FIP is seven, eight, one His whips over one, five. Um, he actually improved a lot last year, and all those improvements are gone. He His strikeout rate went up. It's 8% down this year. His swing strike rate went up 2%. It's down 4% this year. There's a lot of things about Finnegan that I actually liked this year uh, based on how good 2022 was compared to 2021. All that's gone away. He's been way worse. It's uh, it's only nine innings, but uh, every every metric he has is trending the wrong way so far.
2: Yeah, almost has as many saves as strikeouts. Five saves, seven Ks, which I guess is good, but – is also not weird. not sustainable
1: i think uh i think mason thompson is an ad sooner rather than later i didn't quite get there this week i had uh i think i had cano ahead of him as kind of down conditionals but uh mason thompson's someone that i'm probably i'm probably moving up my conditions next week you know based on how this week goes but uh i think finnegan is uh is pretty short lived in this role and uh, i think thompson's the next guy up uh what about uh what about hitters uh it feels like uh hitters is hitting hard i've had i have a couple of main events that are really struggling at hitting and every week i'm like all right, I need to get some guys in there, and I just can't find guys. I miss Jack Sewinsky, which would have been really nice. He had a he had a, he's had a huge couple of weeks. I did get Nick Senzel uh, last week. He led my team by far. I think he had nine RBIs this week. He homered twice and stole a base. Um, Senzel was only sixty six percent rostered in the main event coming in today. Um, are you uh, are you buying back in at all on this uh, this once uh, this once big prospect?
2: I, as a streamer, like yeah. I, I how how long can we? realistically expect senzel to keep going but like yeah probably like like,
1: probably like 48 to 72 more hours
2: yeah like it's just uh, i don't know maybe he gets you through the first uh the first week of or half week of nfpc but no um i don't know i i i think we've i think we know who senzel is at this point and even like i don't know even the power hasn't really been there four percent barrel rate 32 percent hard hit at least through uh saturday's games like couple steals, but plate skills look good. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're getting from counting stat standpoint.
1: Yeah. For me, it was a streamer in a great park to hit, uh, you know, maybe he finds some of the old stuff if he gets healthy, but, uh, it's just meager right now. Uh, you know, uh, Brenton Doyle in in Colorado got a little bit of interest, but then uh, you know he's uh, now that uh, Randall Gritch is back, he kind of goes back to the bench. Sammy Hilliard in Atlanta, Eddie Rosario in Atlanta. Do you like uh, you like anybody in this Atlanta outfield? You know, obviously Michael Harris is back now, so playing time goes away. Uh, what were you doing on hitters this week? Is there anybody that you are like? Ah, I need to get this guy as many places I can because I really struggled to find guys I wanted to add everywhere.
2: I was actually pretty aggressive on Eddie Rosario. I got Rosario in my main for 24. 24- Four backup of ten. Rosario's playing pretty I think much he gets seven every day. right, seven
1: righties this week too.
2: And yes, they get of yeah. those eight games this week for Atlanta. Seven of those are against right-handed pitchers. So, like, I think Eddie, I think Eddie's a great at least stream for this week, and then yeah. and see what happens. Uh, health's always an issue with him, and, and vision, yeah. but uh, vision apparently is is resolved. We'll see. Sam Hilliard, man, this is like. You were talking about Bretton Doyle in Colorado. Like Sam Hilliard, this was this is the Sam Hilliard that we all thought we might get like four or five years ago in um in Colorado. Unfortunately, I mean, I think that's like you mentioned Scott like Harris is back this week. So maybe it's a lefty righty platoon. Uh maybe Kevin Pilar eats into that time. I and plus like I don't know, Sam Hilliard, what's his? I think he's running like five hundred Babip.
1: Yeah. And, like a, and a and a forty two percent strikeout rate.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's not going to work for very long. <laughs> the I will say he's four for four on the on the base pass. Yeah. he's got three barrels already. Like fifty two percent hard hit. Um, Our speed is there, maybe, but like, yeah, how long does this? How long does this stay you, in the lineup?
1: You look at the profile; and you could tell he's pretty much swinging for power. I mean, hard yeah. hit rates over fifty percent. I mean, it, it, when he hits the ball, he's hit it hard, but. 40 strikeout rate is like that's above joey gallo levels like we're talking we're talking some rough territory right there uh since we're talking outfit there's a question in the chat uh pick three of Sawinski, joey gallo ezekiel duran brandon marsh and josh Lowe. Uh, i'm definitely taking josh Lowe for sure in that group i'm probably actually going Sawinski right now speed power combo he's actually faster than i ever knew he was his, his sprint speed's really good um, of the other three, um, I'm probably taking – oh, gosh. I'm probably taking Joey Gallo of, of Gallo, Duran, and Marsh, which would be the three that I'm picking from at the end.
2: Yeah, I think it uh, – that'll be my cop-out is which Duran. I'll, I'll I'll say if it's Ezekiel, Duran, uh, probably it, not, but it could, it could be, be Jaron Duran. You're right. I, I would
1: take – I'd actually probably take Jaron Duran third then. I, I was thinking but, Ezekiel because I was thinking fab this week, but you could be right. It could be Jaron Duran.
2: I'll, I'll go with that. I'll assume Jaron and, and pick Jaron Duran. The Swinsky thing, man, though, like – God, I, yeah, I thought he was just a strong side platoon power bat, and maybe he still is, but he's not platooning anymore. And Swinsky's running. Uh, there's a there's there's a lot of good going on right there. Right his now. sprint
1: seat is 89th percentile. I I, I knew he had yep. some pop. I knew he could hit righties. And you look at Max Exit Velo's 96th percentile barrel rates, 97th percentile. Like these are his x slug is 99th percentile. Like these are just some bonkers numbers. I know that he he strikes out too much, and it's gonna it's gonna have, You know, fall off at some point, but. Like, there's some really good stuff here that, uh, that he he's he's not – you're right, he's not platooning, which is key. Um, this Pirates team is just hot right now. I mean, Connor Joe's hitting well, hitting the ball hard. McCutcheon's playing well. Uh it's,
2: Castro. I mean, it's, yeah. it's wild.
1: Yeah, and doing all this without O'Neill Cruz too, which kind of sucks. Like, you wish that Cruz, Cruz was there for all this. But, yeah, Swinsky's barrel rate 23% right now. Like, <laughs> it's pretty wild
2: and walking like yes the k-rate's up it's it's around 30 percent. i mean yes that's bad it's not it's it's not hilliard in yeah but it, oh, like he's that. at least getting uh thank you he's a, he's at least getting on base and so i that just i don't know if for playing time that helps even if you're just in a batting average league so, so i don't know other bats like i i nelson velasquez had a had himself a week he, he sure was did a uh, a benefactor of i guess last summer's Summer of Love in L.A. What <laughs> the heck? Ha- Five guys on Pretoria List within like six days, which is, that was the craziest
1: story of the year so far.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know. 30 for 30 documentary someday. Yeah, right? seriously.
1: The 2022 All-Star break in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Velasquez was at least somewhat interesting to me, but I don't know how long that yeah. playing time-wise, how long that works. And uh, Zach McKinstry, I saw was a, was a somewhat like popular ad, at least as a streamer, um, leading off. Now for Detroit. I think they yeah. get I think a they couple get three lefties le- this week. So they get three lefties tough.
1: this week, so that could be that could be tough yeah. there. Uh Jesus Aguilar on Oakland, a big week with a bunch of home runs. And he uh, I mean he hits fourth almost every day. Um, I think you kind of know who Aguilar is. I think we're safe to say we probably miss his best week.
2: I think we know who he is. I actually did start him in a draft champion. I mean, I'm already already that that far down nice. in the corner. Uh and it kind of worked. But yeah, I think I think we know who he is, but you're right, hitting cleanup every day. I mean, could do worse. Yeah, uh, you,
1: know, you could. You could do worse. Uh, any catchers that you liked? Uh, I looked a little bit at uh, Matt Face in the and I probably messed up that pronunciation too. But in in uh, in, uh, in Anaheim with the Angels because uh, uh, you know Ohapi obviously went on the aisle. You know Face maybe the strong side platoon catcher. A little bit of pop in the minors. Um, I looked to catcher a bunch. I have uh, I forget who I, I had somebody I was looking to replace. I think it was Nick Fortes. We did have steel steal today, but. Um, face is kind of the only guy hit 17 home runs in 2021 in triple a 10 home runs last year a little bit of pop uh didn't strike out a ton in the minors so i was a little bit of you could squint and see maybe a little bit of value as a catcher too there but um we're back to catcher being pretty uh pretty bottom of the barrel uh in fact
2: yeah face like crazy career path he was a top 100 prospect like as yeah. a first i think first baseman maybe outfield something and he made the transition to catcher usually you Go away uh, right. from catcher and I don't know, go to the corner or DH or something, but um, no he was interesting out for me. Fortunately, I didn't have any catcher issues this week, so didn't have to wade into that cesspool. but uh, no, facece is a fine second catcher, honestly, um, with Ohapi's obviously unfortunate injury. Yeah. I, I think there's enough like I think there's enough pop and playing time there for facece to at least be uh, second catcher rosterable.
1: Let's uh, let's talk some news and notes. There was a lot of injury news over this weekend. Some of it good, some of it really bad. And then there's a couple players here I wanted to ask you about before we jump out of here. But uh, the big news this afternoon, kind of out of nowhere, Bryce Harper uh, might be back on Tuesday. Like I think we were thinking, you know, if he comes back before June, we're in really good shape here. But uh, Tuesday would be May second. That would be pretty wild. Obviously, he's going to DH for a while and maybe play first base. Um, Did you grab any Harper? Because I was kind of like at his price, I was like, I don't know if I want to miss two months and just. He kind of just went before I took him but if you took Harper uh this is a huge windfall getting him for 5 months potentially
2: It absolutely is. I I did get Harper in Tout Wars which oh, nice. uh for uh, the which, main uh, reason for that which, was Which TAT Wars are you in? Uh 15 team mix. Okay. So it is it's OBP so that obviously even helps even more and for Tout sure. Wars is also um unlimited il so i could just kind of stash him there and not have to clog a roster spot um i don't know man like the harper news it's obviously like it's like superhuman you're excited but i have this like i don't know feeling of existential dread (laughs) like uh, (laughs) yeah like it just seems too good to be true but you kind of have to trust that they're not rushing things back and that Be it'll fine, be
1: uh, it'll be every like weird no. swing and miss for a week or two. We'll be like, oh, you're OK. And then once he's fine, you don't think about it again. But uh, he's pretty awesome as a baseball fan. You know, Bryce Harper back in our lives is a, is a really, uh, a really positive thing. And, you know, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies could uh, use them. The, the Braves are Braves really, really good in the NL East. Obviously, the Mets are playing pretty well, even with all their injuries. But the Phillies are just about 500 right now. In the mix, though, they've kind of hung on pretty well, but uh, getting Harper back is, is big news there. Um, on the negative side, Jacob DeGrom obviously went on the aisle with elbow if inflammation. He, you know, he came off. You, It was weird. You, you hate to try and read body language too much, but um, as he came off the mound, he just looked really dejected. Like, he looked like, crap, this is actually really bad. You could he, he, like, wouldn't look up. He didn't really want to talk about it. Um, do you have any DeGrom? What do you think we go from here? Obviously, you're not a doctor. I can't ask you that. But uh, I got to think they're super cautious with him coming back.
2: Yeah, won't, won't won't claim to be a doctor. Won't uh, don't have any Degrom. I was in the infamous labor mix draft where Degrom went all the way in the late, f- the end of the fourth oh, round. I, to I do uh, remember that. Yeah, to Fred Zinke. I actually almost I almost pulled the trigger there in the fourth. I went Gossman instead, but um, I, I don't know. Like Degrom, yes, we knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of what does that innings number look like when when does this type of injury occur unfortunately it's late april you're right man like he did look and this was i think his second start in a row that got cut short so maybe some of the frustration was that but um this one has a little bit more of a uh, ominous undertone than the i think it was his wrist the last start maybe all that stuff's connected i don't know um could very well can very you, well be uh, bad news
1: you brought up the name of the guy you took instead of grom in that draft and it's kevin gossman i had him to talk a little bit later but since you brought him up if we're drafting tomorrow is he like the fifth sixth pitcher like this dude's been unbelievable 35 percent strikeout rate, a walk rate under four percent two three three era one point oh one whip uh the home runs are under one swinging strike rate third year in a row fourth year in a row over 15 percent um his bad last year was 363 and all the smart people knew that and you know he did not drop in drafts at all but uh if anything right now you know ground ball rates of the 43 percent. this dude is he's clicking on all everything right now I, I think he'd be a god a mid-second round pick right now something like that maybe the fifth or sixth pitcher off the board
2: that sounds about right to me i mean even the babbit like it's still 322 which is yeah. you know not not as crazy as last year but still kind of high um gossman he, he checks every single box for yeah. me every single box so yeah i would um especially given the degrom the woodruff news like yep yeah i think second round for for gossman would be uh would be very fair right now
1: yeah he's uh he's, he's uh he's a huge windfall right now if you took him whatever the foes of the fourth round he's been great uh since we're uh sort of talking pictures a couple questions in the chat uh, someone asked if gavin stone's worth a lot of fab uh, we talked about that earlier. If he uh If he sticks in the rotation, we don't know that's going to happen. He's going to pitch on Wednesday, it sounds like. But, yes, if he sticks, he is definitely worth a lot of fab. Um, Would you drop Gunnar Henderson for Brett Beatty? Gunnar Henderson is someone we had to talk about later later also, so that's why I brought him up now. Uh, I liked Gunnar Henderson. I like what I saw last year. I have him in one of my main events. Uh, It has been a disaster so far.
2: It's been – yeah, it's been really, really rough. And, like, he's just – I I don't know. I'm not a scout, but like just looking at his plate appearances, looking at some of the stats, like just so passive, so passive. He's not swinging. He's not, he's he's walking 20% of the time, which, which is great. Like in real life, he probably stays in Baltimore. Like I think Baltimore gives him some run and that sort of thing. But like for fantasy, it's kind of like, you know, kind of vintage Joey Votto, which, Is again is great, but like fantasy wise, you're walking that often. Uh, Just just
1: without the vintage Joey Votto batting average, (laughs) yeah,
2: and and the Joey Votto power and yeah, yeah, exactly. Joey Votto vintage. Joey Votto walk rate. Joey Votto doing Uh, play
1: by play in the booth. We're missing all of it.
2: Hitting the ball somewhat hard, but not running. That's the that's the biggest thing. Like I thought, and I I don't know your your reasons for drafting Henderson, but I feel like like the. one of the big draws was like, I thought there was 20 stolen base upside yeah. here, um, like immediately. And he, I mean, Henderson has two, two career stolen bases in 220 plate appearances right now. That, uh, that part to me is um, like, I think the power is going to come back. He's obviously not pressing that much because he is so passive and he's walking. I I worry about the steals. If that's not there, like what else is really here right now?
1: And the thing with that, the first series, like, well, he's not, he's hitting 200, so he can't steal bases, but his OEP is 364. So he's had plenty of chances He's on base enough. You mentioned the mock yep. rate is high, but, um, so would you drop him for Bet Beatty or no? I don't think I would yet.
2: Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'd hold, I'd hold out.
1: Yeah, I uh, I would also. Uh, someone asked in the chat, do we still like Mason Miller? Yes, we still like Mason Miller. We talked about him earlier. Uh, if you go back, uh, we really liked how actually he responded last start after having a rough first inning pitch really well after that. Uh, Aaron Judge was kind of one of the bigger uh, news guys this week. Uh, you know, sat over the weekend, a slight strain at the top of his hip. Uh, IL is still up in the air. They still think there's really slow play in this. They really need him. Their offense is horrible right now. Had a rough, rough weekend. Uh, the bottom half of that lineup is just brutal at the moment. And Without the top end, you know, uh, Volpe sat on, I think he sat on Saturday, and then Judge sat both games. Um, they're going to do everything they can, then, but it sounds like he's out. Uh, Judge is out today. He's definitely out tomorrow. A chance for Tuesday. Uh, Ryan, if you have Aaron Judge in a NFBC type of league, uh, he has uh, three games this week. He's not playing the first one. You just kind of sit them and, and hope you can use them Friday.
2: I think that's the plan that, that potential Tuesday return would be against uh, the aforementioned Tanner ah. Bible. So that would, that would be, so we, we know
1: that's it. We know that's an over five then
2: <laughs> five K's.
1: Yeah, there you go. Five K's. So um, who, did, who did, Oh, Brian De La Cruz did it this week, right? The other over five or five K's.
2: Oh God. Did, he, did think, he get the I platinum? Think,
1: I think he had the platinum. There was somebody else that had the golden sombrero that day. I think he had the platinum, which was uh, – I think he struck out to end the game, too, for his fifth strikeout. A um, couple other no, big names ahead. with injuries. Uh, Corbin Carroll, he's day-to-day with a knee contusion. Sounds like he's fine. He ran the wall pretty hard. They seemed like they were worried, and they got good reports on that. Julio Rodriguez, another first round. We're talking about Judge, top five pick. Julio Rodriguez, also top five pick. Left uh, with back tightness on Saturday early. Missed Sunday. Um, you know, luckily he's like 14 years old, so that helps. Hopefully, the back uh, back heal up a little bit. But uh, somebody you got to be worried about—they don't play on Monday either, so it's tough. You've got to uh, kind of, uh, and they're playing the A's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You certainly want to face all those pitchers. Um, I guess with Julio, you just hope you have somebody else that starts on Tuesday, and then you can see the, the lineups. But uh, it's a tough call. I think I got to ride with him unless I hear some, I hear some kind of setback or some kind of bad news.
2: I think you ride with him. Uh, Julio took BP before oh, the that, game today, so that's like. Big. That helps. The only thing like, and this is just a kind of bug in the back of my mind is it was the back last year with Julio Rodriguez that at least in my opinion, resulted in four stolen bases in the second half. Like yeah. I, I, I hope this isn't that again and there. And he goes back to like not running on the base paths again, at least from a, you know, selfish fantasy purpose. Of course. But, uh, that's the only thing I kind of worry about. I, it doesn't sound like this is all that serious though. The, the BP thing for me was pretty big.
1: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned we mentioned pitchers have been hurt earlier. Uh, Brendan Woodruff. Uh, it was weird. The report was he had a positive MRI and the quote was could return by the end of June. So like, you're like the first half of the sentence, you're like, oh, that's great. And then you're like, oh, that does not sound good at all. Could return by the end of June means we've got two months Two months, and, <laughs> and then maybe like, it wasn't like, oh, uh, we're, he's going to be ramping up. Like you have to hold him. I, you can't drop Brandon. whatever he's a second round pick, but this is uh it's pretty brutal. I mean, we've got, uh, you got, uh, that's going to be, you know, that's what's that eight. That's like 10 weeks missed right there. If he comes back into June.
2: Yeah. It was definitely one of those, like, does, does the headline match the story? Yeah, oh.
1: it didn't. It was like, it was, It felt so good. And then I read the whole thing and I'm like, Oh, it's not good at all.
2: Yeah. And, and Woodruff is kind of the reason why I'm going so aggressive on Mason Miller and Bybee and and whatnot in the main, because I, he was my, he was my starter, uh, my second round pick. And so, I'm obviously holding, I think in 12, you hold, like you, you just wait this out because Brandon Woodruff is, I I think elite. So, um, yeah, you just, you hope it's in the other thing too, like late June. I mean, then it's the all-star break like two weeks later. So what's he really going to do? I mean, I, I don't know. I I'm still kind of planning for post all-star break with, uh, with Woodruff.
1: And I think you got to hold him in 10 weeks of Woodruff is definitely worth holding you. Think about if you dropped him, like it would be huge bidding probably to get him back by somebody. Uh, But it feels like one of those that like if you get one setback news that maybe he becomes a drop. Like I think it's like the if if it goes with this time frame, I think we're good. But one setback, I might have to think about it. Agreed. Uh, Kenley Jansen unavailable on Sunday with some back tightness. That's another one to monitor. Hopefully we get some news on that. Uh, Tyler Glass now some good news uh, could make a rehab start next week. Did you, uh, did you jump into today Tyler Glass done any drafts or were you, uh, were you out on uh, out of him after the injury?
2: Did not was very scared of Tyler Glass now this year.
1: I uh, I was too, and uh, who knows what we get. I, I hope he pitches because he's really fun to watch. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I me mean, through through six innings last year, so we're, you know, cautious doesn't even begin to describe what the, what the Rays will be with him. Uh, Andres Munoz is a weird story in Seattle. Like he's supposed to go on a rehab assignment this week and then didn't, and then the manager's like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know when he's going." And the GM today said fairly soon. Um, seems like it's fairly soon, on Munoz, but it seems like this has uh, been slow played a little more than we thought.
2: Yeah, Munoz like. I don't think enough was made of of the off season surgeries that he had uh yeah. going into this and obviously don't even think he was the closer for Seattle coming into the season. So um Seattle being purposefully vague on this injury, like is a never a good sign. So um And by the way, know. Paul Paul Sewald's
1: really good. Like I, I think he, he is that, for he some is. reason everybody loves Munoz and I get it, he throws hard and he's fun to watch, but Paul seawald has got a thirty uh, percent K minus walk right now. Fantastic. Yeah, that uh, that that'll play right there. So he's he's really good. He had a win uh, a win today, I believe. He's got two wins now and seven saves. I mean, he's been someone that uh, you've got him in the mid rounds there. The you know twelfth thirteenth round. He's been really really valuable. Uh, last couple of news and notes before we get a couple of players here. before we get out of here, uh, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. We'd mentioned him earlier. Uh, Eloy is weird. He had four hits today. They had the big comeback win. And then they said he played through leg soreness. So like, it's always something with him. Uh, Luis Robert had, I always mess it up. Robert had the ham, hamstring tightness. He had the, uh, managerial decision yesterday where he, uh, he didn't yeah. jog it out. And I mean, it was really bad. And then you're like, oh, well, if he's hurt, that's different, but he shouldn't be playing and he missed Sunday. Um, he's been really bad. Both those guys have been really bad. I mean, the white Flags have been a totally a mess, uh, but, uh, both these guys have not hit. Um, are you are you worried about either of these guys at all? Do you think we're gonna just see them turn around? Obviously, you're worried injury wise because guys are always hurt. But in terms of performance wise, uh, Robert's uh, K rates up nine percent right now. Hard hit rates down eleven percent. Like he's been he's been not good. He does have five home runs, so he, when he's hit it, he's hit. He has a ten percent barrel rate, but um, he's been a different hitter right now. He's got uh, if I'm looking here, he's got uh, thirty three strikeouts and four walks.
2: Not great. No, nope. the yeah, the power, like the raw power is not there for Robert. He's Robert, he's got one steal. Like I don't know. It, I don't it's think, hard to tell. I don't, chicken in the know, egg. I
1: don't think he knows how he wants to say his name. It's gone back and forth, too. So it's gone back and forth so many times, and I'm confused by it now. But uh uh, what about Eloy? Uh you know, the hard hit rate is still good with him, but down from his last year. He's at 187. Strikeout rate's up um seven percent. He's at twenty-nine percent right now. Uh, do you worry about him at all yet or just, uh, you know, it's, it's cold. It's a rough April. Let's move on. But uh, you know, I just think that it's hard with a menace because when you, when you know, he might get hurt at some point and you want, uh, you want it to work while he's playing. Cause you, you know, you, you paid for these, uh, these chunks when he's playing. It hasn't been there so far.
2: No, that's a great point is you, yes, you, you need to get the production while he, while Eloy is healthy. I, I maybe I'm a sucker. Maybe I'm cherry picking and uh, like, he looks so good. In the second half last year, once, you know, once Eloy was fully healthy, yep. I'm still taking stock in that over what we've seen so far this year, but yeah, needs to, um, needs to turn it around pretty quick. I but I don't know. That's why I think like kind of taking this back to the top uh, with the White Sox, like I, I can at least see a path for them to get back to uh, contention in the central, but um, both of those guys, uh, Robert and, and Eloy need to need to turn things around pretty quick and, yeah. and hustle. I don't know if the hammy thing with, with Robert was like, was, was PR yeah, right. damage yeah. control or yep. was he, was he not hustling because of the hammy or was he just, that was the cover. I don't know. Question for you in the chat. Uh, do you prefer Tony Gonzalez going forward or Lucas Giolito? Uh, I'll go Giolito. Go Giolito.
1: I think I will go Giolito too. Someone asked also, is Blake Snell a drop? I would not drop Blake Snell yet.
2: Second half, Snell. Second half, Snell. The last two seasons, Blake Snell yep. has been like the best, well, probably top three starter in baseball in the second half the last two seasons. That's probably just, you know, randomness, but uh, just so, a long way of saying hold tight.
1: The one concern that we did like in the second half was how much, the, you know, the walk rate dropped and yep. he got it uh, under control. It's 16.5% right now. Obviously, if he does that, he's not going to be good, but uh, I cannot, I can't drop him yet unless I'm in the, the shallowest of shallow leagues. But uh, we talked about a couple of the guys I wanted to ask you about earlier. We talked about Gunnar Henderson. We talked about Kevin Gossman. Um, a couple of hitters I wanted to ask you about who are uh, a little bit struggling. One of them Homer today, but Teoscar Hernandez has been a rough start here in Seattle. You know, I'm I'm suddenly getting, you know, worries of like, uh, you know, Jesse Winker last year in Seattle, like what's going on here. Coming into today, uh, and I don't think it changed, he did not have walk or strike out today. He had 38 strikeouts and two walks. Uh, he's at a 1.7% walk right now, a 32.5% strikeout. He's always a strikeout guy, but I think what we liked about Teos is he got it under those 30% in, 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 in his big years. The, you know, 2021, he was at 25%. Last year, up a little bit, but... The walk rate's really bad. Two walks. Uh, you know he's still hitting the ball pretty hard. Not quite as hard as last year, but still hard. 40, barrel weight over forty percent. Um, are you uh, are you lower on Tioska than you were four weeks ago? How do you kind of feel about his start here?
2: Um, yeah, I mean my my level of love for Tioska will will never compare to yours for sure. That's, that's uh, as a as a as a family member, um, <laughs> but no, I I'm not really worried like at all. Honestly, um, I I think I think going over to Seattle at at that park for right-handed hitting actually isn't that bad. The power, like you said, Scott, it's, it's still very much there. Um, Babbitt though. So I, I mean, it's easy to just kind of spit off Babbitt, but like hitters regress to their own level of Babbitt the last three years for Teoscar 348, 352, 335 this year, 254. Like I I think that's going to correct. Even, even if the K's are up a little bit um, I, I, I think Teoscar will be, will be fine.
1: Are you worried at all about MJ Melendez in Kansas City? A, a pretty uh, pretty sexy pick uh, you know, with catcher eligibility. Strikeout rate is 35% right now. It's up uh, more than 10% from last year. Hitting the ball really hard, though. 53% hard hit rate, 16.5% barrel rate, uh, but hitting 167. Um, a, are you worried about uh, him in terms of the profile? B, are you worried about him maybe losing some playing time based on his early struggles?
2: Yeah, a little bit more worried about the playing time, but I think Kansas City like he's just got such a long leash. Uh yeah, Melendez I mean like, and he plays every like I I I'm not really that worried. The the uh, nine barrels to two home runs like that that's going to correct over time. Um yeah. yes, the K rates like a it's a concern, but 100 plate appearances, let's see where it ends up. And I mean, most of all, like he's still drawing walks. The, the on base I think we'll get to reasonable territory and um i again i think he's safe in terms of playing time with kansas city because i don't know where else are they gonna and, go
1: and he's a catcher you're not gonna like be able right. to pick up any it may be in a shallow league where be only one catcher league but uh, yeah you're just kind of stuck with him i think it'll come around to uh the strikeout rate does worry me a little bit but i think i think the point on kansas city with the long leash is, is really good uh question in the chat do you have any love for um miguel andujar is kind of the uh, you oh. know the the older guy who comes back and hits i think he's hitting uh 500 so far through his uh, 10 plate appearance. He hit third today for the Pirates, but uh, any uh, any Andrew Hart interest? I I really don't. Uh, just a complete lack of power the last couple of years when he get he get, get called up. You know, barrel rate was like five percent last couple of years. Hard hit rate in the mid low 30s. Um, I don't really see it. But uh, any any love for him as a as a bounce back story? He's still only 28 somehow. That, I was that surprised me.
2: Yeah, uh, that 2018 season, he hit 297, yeah. 27 bombs, like. Five years ago, though, uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not that interested in in Andujar. 2018 could happen again, but unlikely.
1: Our friend uh, Anthony Gialdi is asking, any love for Edward Olivares in Kansas City? Someone that uh, went up and down to the minors about 38 times last year, uh, hitting two, uh, eighty nine so far. Uh, got some good hard contact. Are you uh, are you someone who likes Olivares? That the minor league numbers are always just so much better than the major league numbers.
2: I've always been on the 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 free Oliveris crowd, and yeah. I mean Oliveris is he has started he's like their everyday left fielder now. I mean he's started five of the last six games. It's been all against right-handed pitching, but he's right-handed, so I, I I think the playing time is finally somewhat safe. And I think the batting average floor for Oliveris is 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 fine. Ten percent barrel rate so far, two bags. Like I think this could be someone who. Again, Kansas City needs to keep him going, keep him in the lineup. Um, I think there's pretty like decent five-category production there.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, it was always the playing time with Oliver. It's always been the issue. A couple guys before we j- let's jump out of here. Uh, are you worried at all about Shane Bieber? We talked a lot about uh, Guardians pitchers earlier with Bybee and Logan Allen, all kind of the mix there. Uh, Shane Bieber's strikeout rate right now, it crashed last year. It has crashed way further. It's at 17%. Uh, walk rate's over 7%. The, the ratios are really good, but uh, swinging strike rate last, it was 16.2% in 2021, 13% last year, 9.7% this year. It is it is rough right now.
2: And, like, I mean, we knew the fastball was atrocious. It's yep. it's gotten even more atrocious. It's down a half mile an hour. 3% swinging strike rate on a fastball is, I know Oof. he doesn't lean on it that much, he only throws it thirty percent of the time. Like the slider and cutter drive that, but even the slider hasn't been that good. Like pretty much every pitch, every skill does not support what Shane Bieber's doing. So I, yeah, you tack on the injury history, you tack on the age a little bit, a lot of miles on that arm. Um, I am, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely worried.
1: Yeah, twenty twenty two year that you could see some some problems there, and then it's it's gotten way worse this year on the, all the metrics. Uh, we'll see what happens. He always finds a way to be good, which is you got to give him it credit does. for that. But he's really he's really skating on thin ice right now. Like it's just you kind of feel a couple blowups are coming here at some point. Uh, last guy, I want to ask you about someone that was popular in drafts: uh, Tristan Casas in Boston. Uh, how long is the leash here? Because it is really rough. He's still walking, which is always—you know—he's always the, uh, you know, the second Greek got to walks. To Kevin Euclid. Uh, still walking at seventeen percent, but striking out twenty-nine percent, hitting one thirty-three. That is really in the dregs right there. He has—he uh, has seventy-five at bats, and he has ten hits. It has been really rough. He does have three home runs. Uh, obviously, he's not a guy who steals bases. Hard hit rate is not good. Barrel rate's kind of okay at eight percent. Um, it's been bad. How long is the leash here? The what, what, OEP is at 283. So like not good, but not the end of the world because he's still walking, but uh, the hitting's so bad. Do you think they're going to send him down here at some point?
2: I don't think so, but I think that is the question. Like I think this turns around, but I don't know. I'm not t- 100% sure if Boston lets it happen. Like this kind of has Bobby Dahlbeck vibes from last year. I mean, it's so basically same team, same position, and yep. it, just, it just didn't work out. The thing with Costas is that, I'll say any, I mean, you alluded to it, Scott, the the walk rates there, like even despite how awful the batting average and a lot of that is Babbitt driven, he does hit a lot of fly balls. So like, you're not going to, you're not going to have a high Babbitt when you hit that many fly balls, but despite a terrible Babbitt, he's still got a 283 OBP. So if that corrects at all, like I I still gets on base at a decent clip and you have to trust the pedigree here and just hope that uh, that Boston keeps casas in the lineup and and that it turns around i i think it will i think i don't think this is a uh i don't think this is a bobby dahlbeck ending at least i hope not i hope he's not playing shortstop this time next year (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> there is that too. Yeah. that is one, one fifty two is two Oh eight. When he got called last year. So he just, he, he's doing a little bit of luck here at some point. It's been a really bad, um, bad run for him. That's over, uh, you know, starting to get uh, 200 plate appearances. They're so starting to play, uh, you know, play a little bit, but, uh, it's been rough. I tend to think so too, but I tend to, I, I tend to worry. Like I just think that teams maybe sometimes aren't as patient. Sometimes as we want them to be. And I know they look at all this stuff, but like at some point guys hitting one thirty three. I think the leash is, uh, I think the leash is, sh- is not there yet, but it's getting shorter by the day and he needs to, uh, He's probably got a couple of weeks. I think he's got to really turn it around, but I think, uh, I think mid may, he could be at risk if he hasn't really flipped it around pretty quick.
2: Chris just, just traded for him actually in a, uh, in our XFL keeper league that, that Jeff is in. And I partner right. with, with DVR on that. We are, we are toast this year already. Uh, we'll blame it on injuries, but uh, so we, we are obviously still pretty high on costs Long-term.
1: You have a team with DVR.
2: Yes, we are one
1: of uh, one of the world's great humans.
2: Absolutely absolutely DVR, it's, it's, it's been right. a ton of fun to uh i've never i've never actually co-managed a team before and it's been uh just to kind of get in his head and see how he thinks of players and strategy and that sort of thing it's been it's been pretty fun
1: i've co-managed it always goes terribly
2: <laughs> so i've heard from, it's, got to the point where,
1: it's got to the point where i have enough self-awareness to realize how bad it's gone that it has to be my fault so i understand that it's nobody else's fault it's got to be mine there's no way that uh, i'm the common denominator and all these bad teams so uh I just got away from it because I just apparently I don't do it well. I'm not good at sharing apparently, but, uh, Ryan, anybody else that you want to mention Any players on your mind, anybody else uh, from this weekend of baseball you want to talk about before we, uh, before we jump out of here.
2: Oh man, just, just some good vibes for, for Tanner Bybee. And we'll see, uh, I don't know. We'll see this, this brigade of starting pitcher prospects. We'll see who you guys are talking about this time yeah. next week. I'm sure it'll be a couple more. It's um, gonna, it's it's gonna be fun. To there's,
1: there's five or six more that are going to be up pretty quick and, and are pretty fun. I assume, uh, at Yankee Stadium, you're starting by this week, yes?
2: Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. against, I mean, especially, especially if Judge isn't there. But, uh, yeah, I'm starting him no matter what. I
1: think uh, it's it's not the Yankee lineup that we're normally used to. We'll probably see later in the year. So I agree there. Uh, Ryan, before you jump out of here, let everybody know, uh, once again, where they can find uh, your fantastic work. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter, all that kind of good stuff.
2: Yeah, appreciate, really do appreciate it, Scott. Uh, listen to the pod every Monday morning. Uh, part, of the, uh, part of the routine. And so never miss one. Uh, so it was great. Uh, On Twitter at Ryan BHQ, my work at Baseball HQ and Bubba and the Bloom podcast uh, every Friday morning.
1: Beautiful. Well, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on. Uh, you know, Jeff was out of town this weekend. It's always uh, it's always fun to uh, talk to somebody else, so I do appreciate you uh, saying yes to the offer. I know everybody's busy, and you got lots of stuff to do. You got some kids there, so I know that uh, making time on Sunday nights not that super easy. So I do appreciate you jumping on. It's always really fun to uh, chat with you. Um, so I appreciate you jumping on. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you know Ryan's more interesting than me. But uh, if you do want to follow me, I'm at Scott Jensen, J E N. Stad and uh, I will be talking a lot of baseball there. A little bit of a little bit of basketball playoffs. Know that the, uh, the Warriors and Lakers are playing this week should be a fun series. Who do you root for in basketball, Ryan?
2: It's it's kind of it's kind of random. So little known tidbit about me: my first uh, and I'm of this generation. My first AOL screen name was um, Marbury one one one, and so nice. I was a huge I was a huge T Wolves fan back right. in the days of Stephon Marbury and uh, and, and and Kevin Garnett. Yep, I don't. I I'm one of those like I don't. Uh, I don't really watch the NBA until the postseason, so I don't really have a, a rooting interest. I did live a year in Akron, Ohio. Okay. Uh, actually, LeBron's last year in Cleveland the first time. Um, oh, the
1: first time. Oh, so right before the, the decision.
2: The decision. Yeah. I, I I got out of Akron two days before the decision. Uh,
1: it's it's probably a so, smart move.
2: <laughs> so uh, no, just from living there, like I've always been a. a, a I know he's super polarizing, but I, I do kind of root for uh, for whichever team LeBron's on. And I know that's probably you know not what you want to hear this week since he got a big week coming up. But uh, I uh... I just I, I don't know. He's for him to have the hype. Um that he's that's been placed on him since he was 17, 18. Yep. Like it's, it's crazy what he's done.
1: Yeah. I think uh, living up to the hype was almost impossible and he's done it and surpassed it. I just think, uh, I think it's really cool. We get another Curry LeBron series. Cause I don't know if we ever thought we were going to yep. fully see that again. And you know, they're both, uh, what Curry steps, 35 and LeBron's 38. We probably figured maybe not in a playoff matchup again, but getting another, uh, seven game. I know the NBA has got to be happy. It's going to be like finals level ratings for these games. It's going to be bonkers, but, uh, so it should be, uh, should be a lot of fun, but, uh, anyway, appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate all the, uh, all the mentions in the chat. It's really great to see everybody listening. We really do appreciate that very much. If you could please rate or review the podcast, you, wherever you listen to us, uh, that'd be great. Also, uh, Matt, we be back at you next Sunday night, uh, Jeff, I believe we'll be back. So we'll be back at you with more fab talk, more baseball talk, all kinds of good stuff. Hope it was a really good week and a great fantasy week and take care.